Hello and welcome to the Body by Patrick podcast. My name is Patrick Ocheni. Today I have a super duper special guest for you guys that I am super excited to interview. And today's in today's conversation, we want to talk about the difference between white flour, okay, versus rice flour. Why would you want to use rice flour to make your bread or your or bake certain food versus white flour? Okay, so that's going to be the main topic of our conversation today. And I'm super excited about it because the guest I have for you guys today is my one and only true love in the whole wild world. And I do mean that. She is my wife, Kalisha Blair. Kalisha Blair, please welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Listen, I have to let you know I had to beg her to do this for me, okay? I had to beg her to do this for me uh, because, you know, she does a lot. As you can hear from the background, as our kid, we're doing this from our home office, all right? She does a lot as a mom, as a wife. I just cannot thank her enough. And she's very, very busy. But she was nice enough to say, yes, my people could benefit from this information. Now, by the way, the way this came about was the fact that recently I was at home, you know, with her, and I noticed that she was using rice flour, and I was like, well, why are you using, why are you using rice flour versus white flour? So she explained to me the difference, and I thought that information was something that would be useful to you guys. Now, before we even get there, I want you guys to know what her background is, okay? She's not just some uh, fly-by-night cook, okay? She doesn't ha- she actually does have experience and expertise in this area. So I want her to explain really, really quickly. Uh, Kalisha, all right, so tell us about your culinary background. Well, I have been in the culinary industry for about 20 years at this point. I went to culinary school right after I graduated from high school. Um, So I have a degree in culinary arts as well as hotel restaurant management. And I have been working in the industry um, since I've gone to school. So like I worked my way through school. And so some of my first restaurant jobs were um, jobs that I had while I was going to school at the same time. And then after I graduated, I've just worked in various places um, as a chef, as a front of the house manager. Um, And most recently, I worked as a culinary instructor at a culinary school in the D.C. area. So um, that is my experience in a nutshell. Okay, well, I think it's safe to say with all that background that you are indeed an expert in this area. Would you agree with that? Sure. All right, now, I happen to know that's the case because she makes all the food we eat at home, okay? And that's why I got to stay in the gym because she's always making delicious, delicious, delicious food, all right? Now, before we go into the topic of today, I want to ask you again, Kalisha, why have you always known that you wanted to become a chef? Yes, I have known that for a while. When I was younger, um, I would say maybe 10, 11 years old, you know, kids my age would be outside playing, you know, jumping rope and doing fun kid things. And I would be at home watching um, cooking shows on Maryland public television. So... Um, This was pre-cooking channel, pre-food network. It was just me and PBS all Saturday long. 
um, just watching different um, cooking shows. And once I was about to graduate from high school, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just applied to culinary school and I got in and I went. All right, good. Now, let's talk about, you said you were watching a lot of cooking shows as a little kid. Did you have a favorite TV personality that you kind of like model your kitchen, I mean, your cooking after that kind of inspired you to go forward and pursue this career? So, yes, I was saying, what kind of TV personality did you kind of model your, 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 your cooking skills after or kind of inspired you to pursue that career as a chef? Um, well, the main ones that I enjoyed watching were Natalie Dupree, um, who's like a Southern, she's a Southern cook. Um, Martin Yan was somebody that I really, really enjoyed watching and he, you know, did Asian cooking. So to this day, I just love Asian food, like any, um, type of Asian flavors, um, noodles and that type of thing is something that I really enjoy cooking. So I haven't really modeled myself after one person in particular. Um, I just kind of learned a little bit from everyone. So what do you enjoy most about being a chef? I know you enjoy making all my food. I can be a little, okay, maybe not. I can be a little picky sometimes about what I like to eat or don't like to eat. But as a chef, what would you say you thoroughly enjoy about being a chef? For example, for me as a personal trainer, I love being able to take somebody from where they are right now in terms of their fitness goal and helping them achieve their ultimate transformation goal. So I love seeing those physical and mindset changes that my clients have. So what would you say you thoroughly enjoy about being being a chef? Um, well, I like the variety. Um, I like the fact that if you properly stock your pantry, you could be eating Thai food one day and eating Italian food the next day and eating Greek food the day after that. Um, so it's something that um, I just like sort of mixing and matching different cuisines. And I like the fact that you know, based on what you're eating, it's almost like it can be transported to a different country. But what you said about, um, you know, seeing your clients go through transformation just reminded me of my time as a culinary instructor. I would watch people go from being very hesitant in the kitchen to, you know, 10 weeks later, towards the end of our class session, they would be more confident cooks. So just watching that transformation of somebody who like didn't know what to do with the knife, they were afraid of, you know, fire coming out of the stove to going from somebody who absolutely, you know, could be running their own restaurant. It was amazing to watch that transformation in just um, 10 short weeks. Okay, awesome. Well, so you enjoy helping other um, aspiring chefs learn how to become better chefs. All right. So that's, that's definitely awesome. Now, would you say what kind of, I know, I know, you know, being that we're married, I know you've actually helped some clients before, you know, athletes and doctors who wanted to want a customized meal plan and you go in and help them customize their meals based on what their goals are. Could you shed some light on, on how you do that? How can someone listening to you right now, they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, how can you help me? Okay, so 
How can you help someone like that? Listen right now. Let's say they're trying to lose weight or get in shape. How could you help someone like that right now? Well, I definitely think that um, it's in everyone's power to take control of their own meal plan. Um, Obviously, I can't go into everyone's kitchen and cook meals for them every day as much as I'd love to. But I think the main thing that people need to do is really sit down and think about what it is that they like to eat. Because I think one of the things with, um, especially with people who want to lose weight or have certain fitness goals, is they sort of look at these diets or these restrictive eating plans. And, you know, I don't I don't think it's necessarily sustainable to... Um, start subscribing to some type of diet where you don't like the food. So I think the first thing that anyone should do um, is just ask themselves, what what do I like to eat? What do I like to eat for breakfast? What do I like to eat for lunch? What do I like to eat for dinner? And this could be things that you want to cook on your own or things that you find yourself um, going out and purchasing every day. So if every day... You're going to McDonald's and get in their pancake breakfast. Or if every day you're going to Chick-fil-A and get in their chicken biscuit, you need to write that down as things that you like. And it doesn't really matter if it's something that's quote-unquote healthy or not. Just write it down and we can talk about making a healthier version of it later on. But for now, I would say just write down what you like to eat and then start to see sort of commonalities in flavor profiles and that type of thing. Well, I, I definitely like that approach. So basically what, you, what I hear you saying is that instead of people subscribing to eating plans that is not customized to their own personal likes and dislikes, what they need to do first is to figure out what do I really like to eat, okay? And then after that, figure out a healthier, cleaner version of that food. That way they don't feel deprived and uh, feel down that they're not eating the food they like to eat. Is that, is that, does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. All right, fantastic. Now, let's go back. There's so much we can go into with that whole line of uh, conversation. But what I'd like to do now is go back to our original topic for today, which is the difference between using white flour versus using rice flour, okay? We just talked about how what you want people, what you recommend to people is get figuring out what they like and making a healthier version of it. So first, let's talk about what is white flour, all right? And what is uh, uh, rice flour? So white flour is just your standard uh, flour that is made from wheat. So wheat that's grown, you know, I guess in the U.S., I don't really know. So, you know, just your standard wheat and it's uh, milled. Uh, Sometimes it's bleached. Many times it's actually bleached. And then the... um, nutrients that were stripped out of it during the bleaching process are added back into it. And that just helps um, increase the shelf life of flour, which is why many people um, buy their own wheat berries and they grind their own flour um, because 
it has all of the bran and all the oil and wheat germ and everything in it. So that's why they some people grind their own wheat berries to make their own flour. But that type of flour is highly perishable, which is why you won't find it on any of your grocery store shelves. So uh, white flour is, you know, that flour made from wheat berries. Rice flour is just rice that is ground up into a fine powder. So... It's called rice flour because it has the consistency and the look of flour, but it's not really flour. Just like you see like almond flour um, in the stores, it's not really flour. It's just ground almonds and they're ground finely. So that's why they just kind of label it almond flour, even though it's technically not flour, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Just like... Hot dogs. There's nothing. It's not dogs. It's not dogs, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, that's an extreme example, but yeah. to get the point, of, to get the point across, you eat a hot dog. There's nothing. You're actually eating a dog, right? So right. that is the point you're trying to illustrate: is that even though it's called white, I mean, called rice flour, it's not actually flour, okay? Right. But it just has the look or an appearance of flour, okay? Right. Yeah, it has the look and appearance of flour, and you can use it in some. Um, applications in the way that you would use traditional flour um and sometimes you might have to make some adjustments for it but in general you can use it in the same way that you would use flour okay now i want to get into why would somebody okay want to use rice flour let's let's bring it to a, 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 a kind of contest like a health context all right so people listening to this podcast right now are very interested in you know achieving better health transforming their health okay achieving fitness goals so why would somebody like that who's listening to this podcast why would they want to use rice flour versus white flour uh the main reason that people use rice flour is because they have gluten sensitivity or uh gluten intolerance issues so They use rice flour because they are sensitive to wheat and the gluten present in wheat. Okay, good. So if somebody is gluten sensitive, using rice flour would be a fabulous option versus using white flour. Yeah, rice rice flour is one of the options that people use. Are there any other uh, benefits I can think of? That somebody will use why somebody will use rice flour as opposed to white flour because white flour gets a bad rap, right? In the media, right? You hear about people saying, "Oh, don't eat any white flour," and so on and so forth. So, first of all, in your expert opinion, is that really true? Um, just let them know. Is it if somebody's trying to lose weight right now, is using white flour a bad thing? And you know, and if so, why should I be using rice flour instead? Uh, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with uh, wheat flour or uh, white flour because um, I, <laughs> I bake with it all the time. Um, there's uh, different things that you can use, like different alternatives if you don't want to use white flour for whatever reason. But I think the thing that turns a lot of people off is the texture of these alternative flowers so that you're not really going to be able to duplicate the texture of traditional wheat flour um, with some of the other alternative flowers that are out there. Is that kind of like saying that you'll never be able to get the real flavor of meat 
right? Like eating real meat versus eating tofu. Like you, you're not going to get the same kind of, you know, satisfaction. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, pretty much, okay, all right. So, all right, so white flour, so I guess let's kind of summarize this, okay? So if somebody is using white flour to bake, first of all, let's talk about uses of white flour, all right? What, what do you use them for? So I do a lot of baking, so breads, cakes, pies, cookies, um, that is what I use white flour flour for. So the original reason why I purchased rice flour years ago um, is when I was a personal chef. And as a personal chef, you know, we would make food um, in advance. So we would make like a, you know, week's worth of food in one cooking session for the client. And somebody uh, who I know Gave me a good tip, you know, for people who... Because some of the people wanted to freeze their meals, but everything didn't freeze well, especially like creamy white sauces. So I found out that white sauces that are traditionally made with white flour, um, they don't freeze well. So you can put them in the freezer, but then once they defrost, then the flour would kind of separate from the liquid and it would just, it would still be edible, but it just wouldn't have an appealing look to it. So um, I got a tip from another chef that if you just use rice flour instead of white flour in making these white sauces, you can freeze them with no problem. So once they defrosted, the sauce still looked nice and creamy and it held together. And, you know, you wouldn't have that unappealing look that you would get if you tried to freeze a sauce that was made with white flour. So that was the reason why I had purchased the, um, the rice flour initially. So, <clears throat> so from, uh, that seems to be like a great tip for meal prepping, right? Mm -hmm. So for somebody who is meal prepping, which I know a lot of people nowadays try to do, in order to be able to better plan their eating, that way they can, you know, uh, save money on eating and, um, you know, stick to their eating plans, right? So using rice flour for making sauces will make it possible for make it possible to be able to freeze their foods. That way, the consistency is still there when they try to defrost. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep. The consistency is still there. It's still there. Fantastic. All right. Cool. So now um, let's talk about you know, because we can go into this forever and ever and ever. There's so much to learn from you. Uh, we only have a short amount of time together, all right? So let's talk about in a, in one or a couple of sentences, okay? Because I really like your philosophy when it comes to how people should eat to fit their own personal eating profile in terms of things they like and things they do not dislike. That way they can customize the meal. So let's talk about... How, in a few words, what would you recommend to people to do, okay? So, I'm somebody, I'm trying to get in shape, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to eat, all right? In some few words, what would you recommend I do if I want to make my own food? Uh, if you want to make your own food, definitely I would, like I said, fill out sort of a, a questionnaire, if you will. Um, when I was, during my personal chef days, I had a three or four page questionnaire that I would ask um, different clients to fill out just so I can get to know what their preferences were. 
So it had some things on there like what's your favorite cuisine? What are your top three restaurants that you like to eat out? What are you ordering when you go to those restaurants? Do you like your food cut in big chunks or do you like small chunks of vegetables? Things of that nature. So I would definitely say um, just brainstorm um, all of your eating preferences. If there's herbs that you don't like, make sure you put that down. If there's certain seasonings or flavor profiles that you do like, then make sure that you write those down. The second step, after you have your sort of um, taste profile filled out, would be to um, look for recipes that have certain ingredients in common. So that way when you are meal prepping, you're not taking forever to do it. You don't want to take more than a couple of hours per week to meal prep. So you want to make sure that, you know, you don't have, um, like, let's say, Mediterranean ingredients one day and then you have Thai ingredients the next day. Like, if you're going to do Thai, then do the Thai flavors all week or maybe do the Mediterranean stuff all week. So that way your recipes are different, but they have similar ingredients that you can cross-utilize. Once you figure out which recipes you want to make for yourself, um, then I would say the third step is to learn how to, um, meal prep efficiently. So maybe you need to get a little bit better at knife skills. Maybe you need to get better at organizing your kitchen for efficient meal prep. Maybe you need to be a little bit better, um, at strategic grocery shopping. Um, so just figure out where the areas are that you need improvement. And if you need improvement in all areas, then um, I guess you can send Patrick a message through this <laughs> podcast and we'll see how we can get you set up there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, those are definitely excellent, excellent tips, okay? Those are three main tips that I think will really help somebody out there who's trying to figure out how to be better cooks at home. Because we all know... There are advantages to being able to make your own meals at home versus eating out. One of them being you can save money, right? And then you know exactly what's going inside your food. And plus, you'll be eating, based on the tips you gave earlier, you'll be eating the kind of food that you like, okay? So that's, those are definitely excellent tips. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk about, while well, somebody's listening right now, they're like, man, those are great tips, but I just know I need some more help in getting this done, okay? Um, let's talk about where can people, first of all, let's talk about what kind of resources you have personally to help people to, um, uh, to be able to better serve them. Do you have a website or something like that people can go to to maybe either contact you or find about things that you're working on to be able to serve them? Um, well, people can contact me through you if they know you personally. Um, if not, um, I have a website that is KaliciaBlair.com. That's K-A-L-I-S-H-A. B-L-A-I-R.com, and it's just a website where I share recipes um, and some cooking tips, or you can um, find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at cookingwithkalisha, um, so you can find me there as well. Okay, so do you have any kind of courses? If somebody says, because you mentioned knife skills and things like that, or making bread, uh, do you have like courses that people can take 
in, in event that maybe they don't need a personal chef yet, but they want to still learn these things, as opposed to going on YouTube or searching the web and spending all this time and energy. Do you have any kind of courses people can just take online that can just you know, go through step by step at their own pace and learn how to do this? That way, ultimately, they can make their own food at home, uh, food that they know they like and they enjoy, as opposed to following some generic meal plan out there. Yeah, so I have a knife skills course that is available on my website. It is um, kalishablair.com slash knife skills, and that will take you to the knife skills course where um, I go through the three knives that you need, and I also show you how to cut specific things so that you can become better at prepping your own meals. I also have a make-ahead breakfast recipe book that people can download um, on my website. And that is just, um, I think, like, maybe five or six recipes that, you know, you can make all the recipes in advance and have breakfast ready for the remainder of the week. All right, fantastic. Those are definitely very helpful resources. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I can vouch firsthand that some of the food that Kalisha makes are absolutely, absolutely delicious. That's why I have to stay in the gym all the time and keep working out, all right? So, hey, guys, look. It's been uh, almost half an hour now, 30 minutes I've been together on this podcast episode. I could go, we could go on and on and on about this topic of, you know, meal prepping, how to make your own food at home, how to choose healthier versions, Um, but this will go on forever, all right? So once again, if you want to reach out to Kalisha and find out resources she has available to you uh, that can help you in that respect of how to better make your own food, make a healthier version of your own food. You can go to kellyshoblair.com. Is that correct? All right, fantastic. Once again, I want to thank you so much, Kalisha, for being on this podcast. I know you're super duper busy as a mom, as a wife. You do a lot for the family, and you're taking time out to do this. I really do appreciate it, and I know that my audience certainly do appreciate it. So hopefully, uh, we can bring you back again in the future and give people more tips on how they can be better cooks at home and make their own food, all right? So, um, and as always, guys, if you want to reach me, uh, you can always go to bodybypatrick.com. That's www.bodybypatrick.com. That's B-O-D-Y-B-Y-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. And if you want to submit questions, if you can't make it to bodybypatrick.com, you can go send me an email at support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at bodybypatrick.com. As always, stay strong, stay healthy. My friends, have yourself a super-duper great day. Bye. Bye.